You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the Swamp 24-7 Podcast. I'm Thomas Goldcamp here with Blake Alderman. Blake, we are fresh off the NFL Combine. It ended this weekend. Eight former Florida players took part. Well, really uh, really only seven because one of them was injured, we found out, at the NFL Combine. But I wanted to just kind of review the performances from the NFL Combine and, and break down how the Florida Gators did. I think, for me, one of the chief takeaways I had was that there really weren't any disappointing performances to me from the group. And, you know, typically when you have that many guys go into the combine, you'll have a couple guys that maybe turn in a bad time or come in a little sloppy and overweight. You know, like last year, Ja'Kai Polite obviously had a, a very difficult NFL combine and kind of went from a, a likely first-round pick down down all the way into the third round. So, um, Blake, I guess, first off, did you have any sweeping observations about the combine? Were there any guys that kind of blew you away? And, and we'll talk about each one, but maybe we can start with that. Yeah, you know, I, I think I, I kind of echo what you thought, too, just watching some of the guys. You know, I don't think that anyone really put together a bad workout. I, I thought for the most part, uh, you know, if you look at did you increase or decrease your stock, I think most of those guys, you know, I, I would say either kind of remain neutral or they increase quite a bit. So um, I think one of the things that jumped out to most to me is you start to see these you know, maybe change in mentality of the program. Whereas, you know, I felt like, you know, under, you know, maybe even Jim McElwain, we saw some of these guys kind of come in and, you know, man, they're not really doing too well on the bench press. You know, I mean, they were, I felt like Florida, as far as, you know, workouts and, you know, the things they get under this new strength and conditioning staff, you know, I didn't think I saw, I'm trying to think what CJ Henderson's reps were off the top of my head. I know he did really well. Yeah. He was, he was ridiculous for as long as his arms were, he did 20 reps on the bench and, uh, yeah, I'm right. Twenty. Man. I was just about to say twenty, but I wanted to make sure. So, yeah, I think that that was the big thing was just seeing. You know, just a lot of these guys have really bought in. I, you know, last exactly. year you have some guys that were kind of on the fence, exactly. And, and I think now you're kind of seeing what you should expect from guys that come out of Florida whenever they hit the NFL draft. Yeah, and I, or, I think me, combine. Yeah, and I think a lot of that too is you know Dan Mullen was very vocal last year about guys that he thought were ready, guys that he thought probably shouldn't go, and you know even Chauncey Gardner was a guy that he kind of, uh, you know, wasn't sure was ready to go. And, and he was pretty pointed about that. And obviously Chauncey went out and had a really, really good rookie year, uh, kind of tore it up at the NFL Combine and, and did well. But the flip side of that is that doesn't always happen. You know, like we said, Ja'Kai Polite, certainly that didn't go the way that he expected to. And then you ended up seeing he's had a really tough first year in the NFL. So um, I, I think you're right. I think there are absolutely these Combine results to me said a lot about Nick Savage. And it also said a lot about the fact that I think Dan Mullen is getting his guys to kind of buy into that, um, you know, we can turn you into the kind of prospects that NFL teams are going to like. Um, and, and certainly, you know, you look down the board at the results from the combine, I think they were all pretty good. I would agree with that, definitely. I think the, you know, the one that really impressed me the most, I think, was probably Jabari Zuniga. And I, and I don't say surprise because I obviously you've seen him, you cut on the tape, he's a great player. But I think right. just the way he worked out and how he looked really fluid and, you know, just the measurements he put together – and I think for the most part, 
I feel like these NFL guys, yes, they're very familiar with these guys coming out of college, but they're maybe not as familiar as maybe a diehard college football fan. So whereas you have a guy that I don't know that was you know really coming in there and blazing these NFL draft boards and was getting all this big-time chatter, I think that he put in a, a workout, and whenever you do turn on the film and you look at what he put on together um, at the combine, you look at what he put on tape, I think he's a guy that I think tremendously improved his stock. I, I think Jabari Zuniga is a guy that I think an NFL team, if they, I don't know that he's going to fall far in the draft, but I think that he's going to be a guy that's going to be a player who most likely outplays where he does get drafted oh you know i i don't think that he'll far fall at all in fact i think i think he's a guy that's uh you know potentially a first round pick at this point i mean you look at his size he comes in uh you know six three and a half 264 pounds i mean that's pretty good size for a defensive sure. end maybe maybe a little bit light uh depending on what scheme you're playing um but you know he's got a 79 inch wingspan did 29 reps on the bench press so this is a guy that's packing some power and then he turns in the second fastest 40 time for for any defensive lineman at 464. So to me, uh, yeah, everything that, you know, Florida had said about Jabari Zuniga kind of going into his senior year and, you know, some analysts had said, I thought you, you could see it at the combine. You know, unfortunately for Zuniga, he didn't get to put a whole lot of tape out there his senior year. You know, had the big game against Miami, but then, you know, had that high ankle sprain and didn't get to show much. But yeah, he's absolutely a guy that I thought really killed it. I mean, 127 inches in the broad jump, a 33-inch vertical jump. Um, you know, I, I remember back to our first spring uh, with Dan Mullen here, and the first time we ever talked to Nick Savage, we were asking him, you know, who are some of those guys that are just absolute freaks? And Jabari Zaniga was the first guy that he mentioned. This is this is two years ago, so he's obviously put a lot of time into you know honing his physical ability, and and certainly that showed. Uh, Blake, for me, there was one other guy that really stood out at the combine, and that was C.J. Henderson. Um, not not that I think that's a surprise at all, but uh, what was your takeaway from? what Henderson was able to show. You know, I think it's a lot of what you expected just coming in out of, out of as a recruit coming into college. He was a guy that was always going to be quick and fast. He put together that 4-3-9, which, you know, listening to his tweets and how he was talking, you know, that was kind of slow for what he was kind of expecting. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I, I think it, it, going forward, I, I would be shocked if he isn't working hard to drop that down for his pro day workout. Um, I, you know, this is a guy that was getting a lot of first-round talk early on in the season. Um, and then I feel like some – into the season, some, you know, some of the people you kind of talk and they were kind of on the fence about him. And I think he's one of those guys that you knew that was going to come in and he, you know, oozes that talent that he's going to come in and he's going to put together a really solid workout. You know, he's going to put one of those guys that was going to kill the combine. And I think he did exactly that. Um, he's also a specimen with, you know, the, the arm length and, you know, 20 bench presses for a DB. I thought that was really impressive for him. For a guy who was always really Absolutely. skinny, really lanky guy, I, I thought that when you kind of see where he went from, you know, coming in out of a high school, being recruited to where he finished at, um, you know, I think he certainly submitted first round pick for him. Well, the, the going to the bench press thing, man, I always laugh because, uh, you know, a lot of people that, that don't necessarily lift regularly don't realize the length of your arms has a lot to do with how much you can rep. And, you know, he's got this 81 and uh, a quarter inch wingspan. So he's a guy with really, really long arms. Um, you know, I remember <laughs> I used to laugh cause a, a lot of times I got out rep my friends cause I got short arms, man. I got little alligator arms. And so I'm not moving as much distance. Uh, but when you see a guy with that kind of wingspan, throw up 20 reps, all of a sudden you go, Oh, Whoa, like, okay. To me, that was his most impressive number. I mean, you can talk about the four, three, nine, his, you know, almost 38 inch vertical jump, 127 inch broad jump. Um, but when you're throwing up 20 reps and you're a guy that's got an 81 inch wingspan to me, that's as impressive as, as anything. And I think, I think that number actually, you know, I mean, you know, these scouts always put a lot on, you know, who knows how much they're taking away from these numbers. But I think when you look at that, 
you know, some of the concerns from the film, maybe in terms of his tackling, maybe you can go, you can talk yourself into, hey, that's not really that much of an issue. Like he, he's got the physical ability. You know, maybe it was the, you know, the high ankle sprain that he dealt with early in the year that slowed him down, made him a little tentative. Um, whatever it is, uh, I, I think when you see the way he ran at the NFL Combine and then the length, you know, the, the physical ability and, and some strength, uh, I think for me, he cemented himself as a first round pick. You know, there's some scout somewhere in there that thinks like, man, if I can get my hands on this guy and teach him a little bit of this, a little bit of that, you know that there's some of those guys that that are definitely seeing that talent there. And I also thought whenever he did a lot of the drills, I think he moved really fluid. I think that was another thing that really stood out to me. He really did well in the gauntlet where you have all the balls thrown to you. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I just I think he couldn't have had a better workout. Yeah, well, I mean, his 40 time, even you look at the 439, and obviously that's a super, super impressive number. But when you watch his uh, his actual 40 attempt, he he really kind of got out of the blocks a little bit slow. Um, and maybe that says something about, you know, his kind of recovery speed. And we've seen that time and time again from him at Florida, you know, running down a Tennessee guy right before the goal line, that kind of play, you know, where he's coming 60 yards across the field. He has that closing speed. And, and you know, those are the kind of plays that can impact games. And, uh, and I think NFL scouts see that. So there's no doubt in my mind that, that you know, Henderson and Zaniga both really cemented themselves. I'm, I'm not sure that Zaniga is a first rounder. I think he's a little more borderline, but I think Henderson lo- locked himself into, into kind of that slot. Thomas, I have a question for you, and this is one. I, I think LaMichael Pirine put together a really solid workout as well. Um, I was talking with a buddy, and he mentioned that, you know, 4.62, 40-yard dash, he just didn't really think that was very impressive for running backs whenever you see some of these speedy guys there. I argue that I don't really know that that's necessarily his game. Well, I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. On yeah, that I mean, dash. I, I think if you look at the tape, you, you, that's probably about what you would have expected, maybe even a little lower. I mean, he's never been a guy that's a burner. I mean, even when he, you know, kind of broke some of these long runs in the Auburn game, the Virginia game, um, they, they were on plays where essentially nobody was really in a position to even catch him. Um, so they weren't necessarily like he just outran people, you know, it was really well-blocked plays that he got out in the open field. And, and when he gets that, he can make plays. Um, I thought the, the, the more impressive thing for, for me was that he threw up 22 reps in the bench. Um, you know, his three cone drill and 20 yard shuttle were both pretty good. Um, so that's kind of some of that shiftiness that you see from him, the ability to make those quick cuts and bounce around in a phone booth. Um, I, I think for me, uh, P. Ryan was kind of one of those guys going into the combine where there was not a whole lot of downside for him because I don't think, you know, these NFL scouts went into the combine expecting P. Ryan to run a 4-4 or something, you know. And so like a lot of those, you know, guys that are expected to run really low times, they have more downside because they can hurt themselves. I think with everything P. Ryan has shown on tape in terms of being a great pass blocker, uh, really being able to catch the ball out of the backfield, for me, he went and did what he was supposed to do. And, you know, maybe the numbers don't necessarily jump off the page. Um, but for me, I think there are going to be enough NFL teams that look at his tape and say, hey, this is a guy that uh, that can be productive for us. And I, I think he probably ends up sneaking probably somewhere into those late rounds. Yeah, see, I thought the big thing for me was, I agree, I didn't, I didn't expect him to run fast, but I thought that what he did during the week of just following the reports and, and whatnot of uh, what he did at the Senior Bowl, it seemed like he had a really good Senior Bowl there. And I think that that, to some extent now, I think that a lot of draft you know, analysts and whatnot, they do put a lot of emphasis on that senior bowl week. And I think that it's good for him to put in a good workout, all things considered. Um, he had a really good workout there. So I I agree with you. I don't know that he's really put anything to show any downside into him. Um, I think the biggest thing for him too is how he can catch out of the backfield too. So I think he does bring that different dynamic there. Uh, you know, he's just maybe not the fastest guy in the world. Yeah. And I, you know, again, I think the NFL, there's always a market for those super fast guys, but I think the NFL is becoming more of a league where, 
you see teams that want running backs that can flex out of the backfield and really create some personnel mismatches. And we saw that all year with Florida. I mean, P. Ryan was as much a receiver as he was a running back at certain times. And um, that kind of ability, and then again, I go back to the pass blocking. When you've got a back that can come in and is relatively polished as a pass blocker, um, that's that's no small feat in the NFL, and that's how you make rosters. And I think I think he's also a guy that uh, just his attitude and everything, the way he approaches you know the game of football in terms of really looking at it like a business, like a passion. Um, you know, he he kind of blends those two to where he's got a great work ethic, and I think those kind of guys typically you know, can end up contributing on special teams a lot. And that's where you, you probably make a roster. Do you have a guy that you think out of this draft class for Florida that is, uh, I guess you would call the sleeper pick, maybe someone that, you know, maybe go a little bit later, but you think will outplay where they, where they were drafted? You know, that's a good question. Um, we're around these guys so much that um, it, it's hard to really say any of these guys are sleepers because I feel like a lot of them, you know, we talk about are pretty good. Right. And you I don't have very say, many sleepers from the University of Florida either. It's not like right. it's you know, I mean, a small it, program. You know, I, I just I guess more what I was getting at was, I mean, you see these guys all the time, probably more than mm-hmm. anyone out there. I just didn't know if there was a guy out there you think that maybe yeah, not I going think- high, but will outplay where he's drafted. Yeah, I think there's probably a couple of them. I mean, honestly, I think I think there's any number of them that could be. I would circle probably Freddie Swain. To me, Freddie Swain, and if you look at his numbers at the Combine, um, you just see solid, solid across the board. Four, four, six, forty 40-yard dash, probably a little faster than I would have pegged him. Um, and with his ability to kind of get open underneath, I think he's like your prototypical NFL slot guy. And I, I think he was extremely effective at Florida. I think that's one of the reasons Kyle Trask was so comfortable, too. He always had that kind of underneath outlet to get it out to, and then Swain can do things after the catch. Um, threw up 16 reps on the bench, which is pretty good for a receiver. Um, not the longest arms, but you know uh, his three-cone drill was phenomenal, 7.05 seconds. Um, that's a really, really good three-cone drill time. And I think you know when scouts are looking at these um, kind of quantifiable metrics, that's one of the ones they really, really circle for those slot receivers is the ability to hit that three-cone drill quickly. Uh, and he was really, really good there. So... I think Swain, for me, uh, is probably one of those guys. But, again, there's so many of these guys. I mean, we could talk. You know, we haven't talked to any of the receivers yet. Uh, so, I, I don't know. Do you have Do you have one? It was actually going to be Freddie Swain. And I've always kind of thought that just Still from being a there. recruit. He did. It's okay because it's a good pick. And I, I think even when he was recruited, you know, I don't know that he was one that maybe had this big hype to him. I'm not saying he didn't have good offers. He had plenty of good offers there. Um, but I, I just, you know, he just didn't really get – you know, the big talk of a top recruit that you would think that you would get with some of the, I mean, you know, kind of talking about Van Jefferson, talking about Tyree Cleveland. I mean, these are all four-star ranked guys. That's what Um, happens when you're from Ocala. That's also very true. (laughs) Um, So, you know, I think he's one of those guys that is, you know, one of those lunch pail guys. That's what I've always kind of pegged Freddie Swain as, and I I think that that's going to translate into the NFL as well. So, I mean, just from kind of scanning the list, Freddie Swain was the one that I was looking at, and it was funny that you mentioned his 40-yard dash because I look and I see 446, and I thought that was way faster than what I would expect it for him. So that was a really good time for him. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, the other guy I was kind of going back and forth on, well, is this guy actually a sleeper, would be Van Jefferson. Um, And, you know, my the reason I didn't pick him is because I think at this point a lot of people are – kind of already circling him as their sleeper. You know, the guy that doesn't have elite speed necessarily uh, maybe wouldn't have blown up at the NFL combine in terms of the, you know, the physical measures and all that. Um, but has just shown time and time again, you know, at the senior ball and, and on the field of Florida, he is a super reliable route runner, pretty good hands. Um, you know, very, very um, intelligent player who just kind of knows how to do everything. Um, so I think he's a guy that you, you'll circle. He, he may not get drafted super high, but he's one of those guys that 100% makes a roster next fall. 
just because he's going to come in and he's going to pick up the system quickly. You know, coach's son, pretty much all those those things you look for in a receiver. Um, we should mention to to anybody that's not aware, uh, Jefferson didn't actually work out at the NFL Combine. You know, he went through the medical testing and doctors actually found a fracture in his foot. So he went ahead and had surgery on that. So unfortunately, you know, he's another guy like Pirine, I think, that went into the combine with very, very limited downside because, you know, scouts say the kind of things like, oh, he's not the fastest receiver in the world. You know, he's not going to, you know, break your ankles left and right. Um, And so when you have that that kind of setup, you know, you suddenly run a a surprising time like, you know, Freddie Swain did at a 4-4-6 all of a sudden you can shoot your way up the draft boards. So unfortunately for Van Jefferson, he didn't get to work out. And based on the timeline, I'm not sure he's going to be able to work out at Florida's pro day either. Um, so we'll have to see. Maybe he'll do a, a little private pro day. I know some guys at Florida have done that in the past. I want to say, I want to say one of Florida's defensive tackles a couple of years ago did that. Uh, maybe it was Dom Easley or Shree Floyd. I don't remember off the top of my head, um, but we'll have to see. I think he's a guy that, you know, is another guy that's definitely going to get drafted. Blake, let me get your thoughts on on the final receiver in the group. Uh, unfortunately, Joshua Hammond wasn't invited to the combine, so he didn't get the show. Uh, but Tyree Cleveland, the third of those four senior receivers, what are your thoughts on how he did at the combine and maybe how he fits at the next level? You know, I think he's one that whenever you look at how he ran, and obviously a four four six is a great time for him. I um, mean, he's another one of those long guys, so I think thirteen reps was still pretty solid for him for a receiver. Um, I think that that was a really good solid uh, you know workout for him as well. But I, I think. The speed you have for him and how you see him, I think he's just one of those guys that you look at him and he's just going to take the top off of a defense. And I mean, we saw a lot of that at Florida. Um, you know, I, I, he got better at kind of working out different route trees and figuring different ways out. But I think for him, it's he's just he's he's a deep threat. And I think that a lot of times in the NFL, where you see this passing league and they want to you know keep stretching the field, I think that he's one guy that. I think he's going to make a roster uh, just kind of based on that speed and that length as he has because I think that that's what you want to see out of those NFL receivers. Um, for him, I think it's just continuing to develop that route tree, you know, just kind of continue to get better there. Um, I think that he made really big improvements to where he was, you know, very serviceable from where he started his college um, to where he finished. But I think he's one that I think if he gets in the right system and he continues to develop, I think he's going to have his better years ahead of him. Yeah, I think that'll be key, you know, getting in the right fit for him. Uh, the one number that jumps out at to me from from his combine is a 39.5-inch vertical. You know, anytime you're getting up in that 40-inch range, uh, people are starting to take notice. So he's a guy that can definitely, like you said, stretch the field, but he can also go up and get it. I think for me, the biggest thing with him that's going to end up uh, helping him at the NFL level is the fact that he has a ton of great tape on special teams. You know, you look at the work that he did as a punt gunner, uh, extremely good. You know, he's capable of returning kicks if you want him to. Um, although I guess it's not really a huge part of, of the game in the NFL anymore. Um, but his ability to play special teams and his willingness to do it, uh, I think are really going to help him. And then I think as you get into the interview process too, um, for me, he's always been a guy that's been very impressive because uh, he's very frank about his background and, and kind of how he grew up and where he came from. Um, and you just get a very genuine sense that uh, he wants more from life from that. And I think that's going to that's going to stick with NFL scouts. And then, you know, like I said, you combine all that together. I think you've got a guy probably not going to get drafted very high. You know, at best, he's probably a, a day three guy, late round type prospect. Um, but I think he's another one of those ones that you circle as a guy that, you know, probably has a pretty good chance of, of making an NFL roster. You know, I look at a lot of the guys and, you know, I think you have to take out, um, you know, a punter because you never know how that's going to work in the draft. I mean, he could totally get drafted, um, I, you know, 
look at me. I'm, I'm holding my hands up. I have no idea how special teams <laughs> works in the NFL right. draft. It just happens. But I think for the most part, I, I look at the draft class for floor this year, and I see a lot of guys that I truly would be pretty shocked if they didn't make an NFL roster. Would you, would you think that's far-fetched? Yeah, I mean, at least to the guys that went to the combine. I mean, you know, I think Josh Hammond's a guy that definitely makes a roster as well, and he wasn't invited. I think Adam Schuler's a guy who probably makes a roster. He wasn't invited. So, um, and, you know, even like a David Reese. I mean, there's there's a lot of guys that are coming out of Florida that I think uh, have a really good chance to have solid, productive NFL careers. And I think that says a lot about the work, you know, going back to what we talked about in the beginning, the work that Dan Mullen and Nick Savage have put in with these guys just developing them as players and developing them as prospects. Uh, Blake, now that I'm looking at it, I just realized we totally overlooked one of the uh, most loved Florida Gators. Uh, Jonathan Grenard was another one that was at the NFL Combine, and we haven't hit on him yet. So uh, I'll go ahead and say first, and then you can you can add if you had any other impressions from his Combine workouts. Uh, his th- three-cone drill, again, kind of the agility, uh, ability to cut quickly. He ran a 7.13. Uh, which is absurdly good for a defensive lineman. Um, and his his size came in pretty good. I mean, he's basically the same size as Jabari Zaniga. Um, not quite as powerful, only threw up 22 reps on the bench as opposed to Zaniga's 29. Um, but he turned in a pretty respectable 40-yard dash. And uh, to me, he's a guy, he's another guy that, you know, he didn't really need to show much at the NFL Combine, I, I don't think. I mean, other than showing up and making sure that he had some meat on his bones. Um, he's a guy that, you know, is probably a little bit of a tweener in the NFL, but I think there's more of a more of a place for those guys in today's game. Um, I don't know, Blake. What were your what were your impressions on uh, Grenard? I thought he put in a solid workout, and I think the thing for me too that jumped out was that agility there. And when you look at that and you compare him, it, what his numbers that he put in for that three cone drill to a defensive lineman, I think that that's also extremely impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just from kind of looking at him, yeah, he's a tweener. Um, but I feel like the way the NFL is working now is those guys that, man, if you can get to the passer and you can find a way to wiggle and you've got that agility and you can bend, those guys are ones that end up being the freaks in the NFL. And I look, um, you know, I, I think he's one of those guys with what you look at film. And I think that his workout is going to mesh with, you know, okay, yeah, this is a guy. This is a guy that if he can yeah. continue to maybe get a little bigger and continues to kind of keep working out and adding some weight, um, you know, going forward, I think he's going to be a guy that's going to really cause like a lot of havoc and for a defense just because. When you look at what he did in that Florida program and it was, you know, a fit for him and it it's run more like, you know, like an NFL program where you have these big strength and conditioning programs and you're, you know, focused on working and doing all that. Now you got a guys not have to go to class. You can just focus on all these things and, you know, really buy into these NFL programs. So I think that he's one that whenever you look at what he does with that agility and that wiggle he has, I think he's going to be a guy that's going to be impressive in the NFL also. Yeah, and he's also a guy that's going to be an absolutely great fit in any locker room. I mean, Florida fans heard him throughout the year, just the absolute epitome of a leader. You know, a guy that's going to say and do all the right things, set the right example for everybody else. So there's really no downside to picking up a Jonathan Grenard. I, I don't know that he'll be a day one guy like maybe a Henderson or potentially a Zaniga. Uh, but I do think he's a guy that could potentially slide into the back end of day two, maybe, a, you know, a, a mid to late third rounder type, um, you know, putting my NFL prognosticator cap on. But, uh, yeah, I, I guess I'd be remiss if we didn't mention the punter, especially since he turned in the second fastest 40-yard dash time at 4.75 seconds. That's Tommy Townsend, brother of Johnny Townsend. Uh, so he, you know, I, obviously I don't, I don't know how the kicking drills went. We weren't up in Indianapolis, obviously. So uh, I would assume he booted some balls, and, you know, we've seen him kick. He's, he's pretty good at that. Uh, so that's your last one. But, uh, Blake, I, I know we, we've got some big recruiting stuff coming up for Florida. There's a big junior day this weekend. I know you had a chance to visit 
uh, some camps recently and see some Florida Gators commits in action. Let's go ahead and take a quick break, and then I will get your thoughts on some of those things right after we come back. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Welcome back to the Swamp 24-7 podcast. I'm Thomas Goldcamp here with Blake Alderman. Blake, we mentioned it before we went to break. Uh, we've got a couple big recruiting events coming up for Florida, particularly this weekend. And then I know you've had a chance to visit some camps. I'm just going to kind of hand you the floor. Whichever one of those two you would like to discuss first, hit me up. Yeah, this past uh, weekend they had the Under Armour All American Camp that was out in Orlando. Um, it was a pretty loaded camp. Whenever you look at you know some of the guys that were there, and it had quite a few Florida commits. Um, just to kind of run down some of the guys that I saw, uh, Trevante Rucker, the wide receiver, he's a four star out of uh, Vanguard, uh, Ocala Vanguard. Um, you know, he's he's definitely a slot receiver. I think he's about 5'10", 5'11"-ish. Um, he's a little slender, but I think that his speed that he has getting off the line is something that's going to be really good for him um, to kind of make up with that size because I think he's one that his get-off is really quick and he makes separation pretty quickly. And I think that that's something that Florida needs to add to that wide receiver group. You know, you have those guys. Yeah, you, lo- you lose Freddie Swain. Sure, and you know. And I think that you have a lot of those guys that you recruited last season, whether it's through the transfer portal or whether it was through high school recruiting. You know, I call them trees. You know, you have those big guys that are like the trees in your offense. I think this cycle is where you can kind of mix in some of those slot guys, some of those speedy guys, because I think it's a pretty good crop of those guys uh, in 2021 for Florida. So I think Rucker was one that needs to continue to add that weight. But slot receiver is definitely a position that Florida could definitely sprinkle some guys in there. And that's that's something that uh, Dan Mullen actually said at his you know signing day press conference that you know they have a bunch of big receivers now they really in 2021 need to target some of these slot types. So you know it's it's really excellent you know in state hall you know I mentioned uh, Rucker but even some other guys that are you know targets for Florida that were also in the camp Christian Leary uh, he's a four star wide receiver out of uh, Orlando Edgewater um, he's a track kid you know he's a track kid that's playing football and he's very good in football um, I watched him actually have two long runs uh, in the state championship game against St Thomas Aquinas this past uh, December um, so you know that that you know that's full of you know D one guys there so I think that he was very impressive there um, he'll be visiting Florida this weekend also. Um, you know, there's a couple other guys in the slot receiver 
position for Florida. Uh, Kamar Wilcoxon, uh, four-star cornerback out of Bradenton IMG Academy. Um, you know, for these kind of camps where you don't really have guys that can tackle, um, I think he was very sound in coverage. I think he has great recovery speed. You know, in his in his uh, you know when he drops back into coverage, doesn't really let a lot of guys get behind him. Uh, he unfortunately was dealing with a little bit of an AC sprain in his shoulder that he had had before that camp, so it kind of held him out of camp. He had to ice it halfway through because it was bothering him. But for these kind of camps where you don't have the tackling and you know you can't really be physical on defense, whenever you don't stand out. And I say that whenever you're not the guy who's getting bombed on in these kind of camps, you're doing one-on-one drills. I think that that's when you have the solid day. And I don't remember ever seeing anyone get behind him. You know, he had a couple pass breakups. You know, not all these passes are always great in these kind of camps, you know, with the mm-hmm. wind blowing and everyone's running around. But I think the most impressive guy for me <clears> – <throat> that I saw last past weekend was Florida commit Brashard Smith. Um, he's a little bit of an all-purpose back. And I say that because he's recruited to he was he's committed to Florida as a running back, but they also want to split him out wide in the slot as well and kind of do different things with him. And he lined up in the slot this past weekend during his camp. I didn't really see him take any running back reps or anything like that, but, you know, doing one-on-one drills. I watched him just shake defender after defender all day. Um, he caught everything that was thrown his way, and I think that he has ex- extremely good hands. Um, he's about 5'9", <clears throat> 177, so he's not a big guy. So I wonder how that translates to the running back position at Florida because <clears throat> running through the tackles, I'm not <clears throat> totally sure that he can, uh, you know, really get that wiggle through there. So I think that he got he actually got invited to the Under Armour All-American game um, after that camp. So I, I think that he put in one of the most impressive days for Florida. Uh, the final guy, three-star offensive tackle, Javante Gardner. Um, he's a little bit of a tweener where his frame, where we have him listed as six foot five, two ninety, but I'm not quite sure that he's actually that tall. So he looked like he has very long arms. Um, he he has a lot of upside I think and you know you saw him take some reps where guys kind of blow past him and he didn't get set and he didn't really it didn't seem like he was ready so you know there were times wherever guys would get by him um, but then you would kind of see the you know the wheels are turning and then the next rep he would take where he would catch a guy and you know nobody was getting by him so I think he's going to move into a guard you know I don't know that he's really got the length um, in the rest of his body to play that offensive tackle position for Florida but I think he's got quick feet and I think that if he gets some coaching he's going to have a lot better years ahead of him so I think that that was actually a really good find for Florida um, you know I, we have him ranked as an 86 right now in 24/7 sports I don't know that I'm really I don't know that I really saw, you know, any kind of gigantic jump there for his ranking, but I definitely can see him as he continues to get better. I could see him being a riser later on during the process just because I think things are going to start to click for him a little bit more. And I think once he kind of figures that out and he makes that jump from junior to senior year where you see a lot of those guys that do make that jump in their final year, I think that that's going to be good for him. All right, Blake. Well, that's uh, that's some good stuff from you know, an in-person eval standpoint. Uh, we'll, guys, I think what we'll do is actually we'll, we'll clip up some of those uh, comments from Blake in case you, you don't, you know, listen to the podcast regularly. Uh, and we'll put them on swamp247.com and some videos and some article content. Uh, so that's one reason to check out the site. Uh, Blake, another big reason to check out the site, we've got a big Florida Junior Day coming. Uh, from the sound of it, there are a lot of top-ranked prospects. Why don't you give us a quick rundown on some of the top-rated players that are expected in Gainesville this weekend? Yeah, three five-stars, Thomas. It's going to be a pretty big weekend there. So starting out from the top there, you have those five-star guys. Uh, I, I think if not one of Florida's top overall guys in 2021, but certainly one of their top guys in the defensive line, they're going to have five-star Leonard Taylor. 
Um, he is out of Miami Palmetto High School. He's been to Florida's campus a lot. He got offered last summer. He has a great relationship with Coach Turner. Um, he really liked the defense that they put on tape last season. And I think whenever you lead the SEC in sacks like they did, that's gonna what's that's what's gonna attract those top tier guys, and that's what's gonna make those guys stay home. So I think that Florida right now, I would say, is probably the team to beat in that recruitment. And I say that, but. I, I do also think it's a little early here um, because I don't know that he's taken a ton of visits. He's been to, you know, a, a quite a few places, you know, kind of early in the process to where, you know, you have an offer and a coach sees you, but they're focused on you know, maybe 2019 or 2020 guys or something like that. So, you know, I think that this is where he's going to really get a lot of attention because he's the five-star guy. He's one of the top guys in the state of Florida. Um, and a lot of schools are going to want to get him on campus. I know he was in Auburn back in uh, late uh, early February before the dead period kicked in. So Auburn's got him on campus. Miami's gotten him on campus. They were kind of the early team in the mix there, but you know, obviously, how things have gone in Coral Gables this past season, I think, kind of turned him off. And I think with how well Florida's gone, um, especially what they've shown on defense, I think it has Florida in a really good spot here. I don't know that there's a timeline necessarily on a commitment. I think if I had to just put my total gut here, I think this is a guy that we don't even see make a decision till the earliest in the summer. Um, that's not to say he doesn't pop up on a campus and just get this, you know, wild feeling or he gets really hyped up on a trip. But I think summertime at the earliest is whenever he's at least mentioned to me in the past where he would even think about making a commitment. I, I do know he's even if he does, I, I expect him to fully take all of his official visits after and continue to do the process. So we'll see there. Um, but Florida, another guy, his teammate at Miami Palmetto, five star cornerback, Jason Marshall. Uh, he'll be on campus on, on Saturday for the junior day. Another guy, just like Leonard Taylor, you know, they get a lot of these Miami Palmetto guys on campus this past season. Season. They got him on campus pretty consistently. So, you know, Florida State, Florida, Clemson, Georgia, LSU, you know, quite a few, a small handful of schools, I would say, kind of stand out to him right now. I think Florida is in great shape just from the sheer fact that they've got him on campus so many times. They prioritized all those guys at Miami Palmetto, how they have. So, you know, I think that Florida's in great shape there, but. You also worry about some of these guys that take these out-of-state trips. They also have another teammate who will be on campus over the weekend. He's a four-star safety uh, and Corey Collier. Um, he has Clemson leading, so he's going to be playing to go to Clemson. So when you have some of these guys that are obviously talented guys and they're going to visit these other campuses, it creeps in where these other teams that can come in and steal these guys out-of-state. So whereas Jason, I think that Florida's in great shape there. Um, I do think he's going to give other teams a look and he's going to continue to take visits. And you know, I'm not really sure that these guys are on fire to make a commitment anytime. You know, they're kind of talking late in the process so you know i think things are still pretty early to play out there um another five-star guy that i'm pretty in interested to see get on campus again because i think he's you know what you look for in that left tackle type uh five-star marius mims uh, he's out of bleckley county in south georgia i mean this is a guy six he's six 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 seven i mean he is a long lanky big time left tackle um and i think that that's a guy that when you look at what Florida needs and you look at their offensive line and how they can really get the fast pass to beef things up and move things fast, if you can get a guy like that who's you know one of the top offensive linemen in the you know the entire 2021 class, I think that's something to be impressed with. And I think when you, he looks at Florida, I think he genuinely sees that he can make an impact rather quickly there and he can see playing time as a freshman. Um, but that's going to be a big boy recruitment that you're going to have to battle with. You know, you have Alabama, you have Auburn, you have LSU, you have Georgia. Um, Oklahoma has been in and out mentioned here and there in this recruitment. I mean, you have a, it, it's going to be a battle for that guy. So I think it's good for Florida to get him on campus. Uh, this will be his second visit. So I think this is the one where, you know, you really prioritize him. It's not a game visit like it was last time. You have you don't have time to worry about coaching and making sure you balance that with recruiting. So I think this is a guy that's going to be glued to John Hevesy's hip on Saturday. 
Another guy who's not a five-star, but he's a top priority for Florida that I also expect to be glued to John Hevesy's hip is four-star offensive tackle Micah Morris out of Camden County, which is also in South Georgia. Florida has he, – they have prioritized this guy really hard. And I say that whereas in the 2020 cycle where Florida was sprinkling in their, you know, their late visits to see these 2020 guys, they went every week when they could to see Micah Morris. They sent Torian Gray, who was in that area recruiting Jacksonville. They'd send John Hevesy. They'd send Dan Mullen on his one visit he took. Every week that they could, they were going by there to see him. So I think that that's what shows you how high he is on Florida's board. I think he's another guy who's an offensive tackle all the way, which would be a big boost for Florida. Georgia, obviously, is a team that has gotten the most buzz there just from the fact that he's named them as leader for quite some time. Um, But he was going to commit in December, and everyone expected it to be Georgia. You have a guy like Sam Pittman who moves on to Arkansas. Um, He backs off making a commitment. So he's still here. He's still uncommitted. Um, And Florida's, I, I think, in a good spot here. But South Carolina is in there too. Clemson's in there. Um, obviously, Georgia still is. Florida State's got him on campus here and there. So I think he's still going to go through the process. Um, four-star Marcus Burke. Um, he's a guy that I think is in a, Florida's in a great spot with. He's out of Jacksonville, Trinity Christian. Um, this is a long, lanky, speedy kid. He's all of six foot four. You know, he's got the speed to take off a defense. If you watch his film, it's extremely fun because it's him just torching people. You know, long ball. You know, he can have some wiggle there. That. Oh man, those are the kind of film when you turn it on, you see a guy who has like a 99 yard reception for a touchdown in like the first or second play, you're glued in and you watch the rest of the tape. Like those are the plays that I love. Um, And I think when you see that length that he has, um, he's maybe a little skinnier than Tyree Cleveland. Cleveland was coming out of high school. I think Tyree was also very skinny and lanky, but he had a little bit more meat on his bones. But I think that's very comparable to the kind of guy that, you know, just to kind of give some kind of comparison for a guy at Florida. I think that that's where one of those guys that impresses me also. Um, Florida's going to have a lot of talented linebackers. Samil Munden, um, who is out of Paulding County in Georgia. I think Georgia might have the edge there. Um, it's also probably really early here because he's going to take all of his visits. Oklahoma's been involved. LSU's been involved. Uh, Pretty much everybody's been involved here. Alabama's been involved with him. Um, But Florida's got him on campus. Um, If all things go as planned, he should be bringing his parents with him for the first time. So it's always good to get mom and dad on campus. Uh, Christian Robinson has prioritized this guy pretty heavily. Um, Xavier Sori, he's 24-7 sports number 10 player in the 2021 class. Um, He's listed as an athlete. Um, He can play a little wide receiver running back. You know, he's done that for his high school. I think all the way he's a linebacker in college, and that's what Florida is recruiting him for. So Florida has a chance to have a lot of these talented linebackers. Another guy out of Alabama, four-star Jeremiah Williams. So Florida's going to have three. Um, and then if you count another guy, Jamon Johnson, um, he's another four-star. So Florida's going to have four four-star linebackers on campus this weekend, which is a position that you can instantly upgrade. Um, you know, you're going to lose some guys after the season. You just lost David Reese, who was kind of the heart and soul of your defense. So Florida's going to have a lot of talent on, on campus this weekend at the defensive line, or excuse me, at the linebacker position um, with those four guys. And then also at the defensive line position, they're also going to have a lot of guys. Um, Justice Boone is one guy that I'm interested to see because he recently committed to Florida. I really like his tape because he's long and lanky. Um, whenever he ha- off the snap, he's quick. And he, you know, when he puts his hands on you, you see those offensive linemen really jump back into the backfield and take a couple steps back. So I think he's one that's very powerful. I just want to see him in person. He was at a game that I wasn't able to attend. I was in a wedding. Um, so blame my buddy for not being able to see that guy. <laughs> um, but I, I, I want to see him Fall in person. Weddings, man. This is, I mean, Worse. I don't even know I'm friends with these so guys that have weddings in the fall. Um, My brother's so, having one this fall. Oh, boy. Ah, well, <laughs> that guy yeah. sucks. Um, yep. So 
Justice Spoon, I'm really interested to see him now because he's committed to Florida. You know, these out-of-state guys, you, you kind of have to pick and choose how heavily you look into them just because, you know, you never know how things are going to go there. So now that he's committed to Florida, I really liked his tape a lot. I just kind of want to see him in person because he looks like he's what you want out of a defensive lineman. Um, I, I think he's about six foot five. Um, in the weight, he is... Six foot five, two. Oh, this isn't gonna load. This sucks. <laughs> six bro. foot five, two fifty. I was gonna say two fifty five, but two six foot five, two fifty. So I think he's gonna continue to build off that frame. Um, and again, I think he's one that's gonna be a guy that's gonna slide up the rankings. You know, he was you know kind of new to football, sorta. So he's kind of starting to get his footing, and he's really starting to learn where he's at, and, and you know, in the game and how to do things. So you know, I mean, there's a lot of guys. I mean, I could sit there and run down this thing until you know your iPhone or whatever you're listening to this on runs out of battery. But we're always gonna have a lot of guys. About to get there. So I would urge anyone to read a, a visitor preview I'll have on Friday morning on Swamp 24-7. I'll, I'll run down all the guys that are going to be on campus. Awesome, Blake. Well, thanks for the, the rundown on the podcast. Uh, I know duty calls. We've been on for a little longer than expected here. So, uh, guys, we'll let you run. I, I think one thing real quick before we before we break. When, when Florida has this much talent on campus, I think you start to see some of that excitement level. Like, these guys know that there's other five stars on campus. Um, and I think it's really important that Florida starts to have more of these visit weekends where they have just an insane amount of top notch talent. And then I think I think when you get a recruiter like a Tim Brewster in there, I think you're going to come away from this weekend feeling a lot better about it than you probably have in the, you know, the past couple of years when you've had these days. Because, look, Florida's brand is established at this point. Florida's won 10 and 11 games in back to back years. Uh, I, I just think there's a lot of momentum heading in the right direction. And once you like, you know, like Blake said, with the five stars down from Palmetto. Uh, really kind of, you know, turning his eyes open to what Florida's building. I think you're going to see this weekend be pretty important for Florida. So, again, like Blake said, I definitely encourage you guys to check out his his preview on Friday of the Visitor Weekend, uh, a big junior day. And then be sure to tune in after because I think you're going to see some reaction from some of these guys uh, that will really make you happy if you're a Florida fan. But for now, guys, that's going to do it for us. We appreciate you tuning in. We will be back next week. Uh, Blake and I have a little bit of travel on the agenda, but we're hoping to shoot uh, next Wednesday and kind of give you guys a little bit of a preview episode, uh, preview episode of kind of where Florida sits in the NCAA tournament position, uh, uh, NCAA tournament outlook, uh, and then kind of give you a preview going into the SEC basketball tournament uh, next week. So stay tuned for that. We'll be back next Wednesday, guys. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you later.